are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed your weekend. There was, of course, only one Timberwolves game this weekend since the last time we had an episode on Friday, but perhaps you enjoyed some divisional round football to help fill your sports void somewhat. It was a packed weekend in the NFL. The Timberwolves are in a rhythm finally of playing about a game every other day. And so coming off of their win against Portland on Thursday that we talked about on Friday, uh, the Wolves played in Houston on Saturday afternoon. It was a weird 4 p.m. start. We're going to break down that game from Saturday, including studs and duds from Wolves Rockets. And then we'll turn our attention to Wolves Thunder, which is tonight, Monday night from Target Center as OKC makes their first visit to Target Center of the season. All right, let's go ahead and and get into Wolves-Rockets. I mean, to be blunt, this game was pretty difficult to watch. Um, Early on, it was just because neither team was good. It was I don't know if it was a weird start time, and and I'm not sure why the start time was what it was. Um, I mean, it was in Houston. I mean, the Texans didn't play until Sunday, so clearly it wasn't wasn't that. and uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the deal was, but both teams were off. It uh, neither team could score. It was unsightly basketball. The Rockets turned it over nearly every time down the court for a stretch in the first quarter. Neither team could make the three pointers or their free throws with any consistency. And it took a quick offensive flurry at the end of the frame that got both teams over 20 points. So at when it was all said and done in the first quarter, it was 22 to 20 heading to the second quarter. And uh, the whole, I mean, it was, again, it was a late push that got both teams over 20 points. It was really bad basketball on both sides. The Wolves had every opportunity to build a lead. The Rockets were just just not taking care of the basketball at all. But the Wolves' offense wasn't clicking, and they weren't making their open shots either. Um, and then, really, the rest of the game belonged to Houston. There's not really much to say about this game, other than the Rockets are a lot better. The Wolves were still shorthanded. Um, Carl Anthony Towns did not play. The It was stated on the Fox Sports North broadcast that Towns was, um, you, you may recall that he had warmed up and had tried to play Thursday against Portland. They changed their minds. They won anyways. Saturday, the same thing. It sounded like he had a real chance to play, but then he also came down with some sort of illness, hopefully not the actual flu like what Wiggins had and missed a week and a half, but some sort of illness. And so between being kind of sick and still getting over the knee, the Wolves decided to sit him out for another game. So, um, I guess we'll get into Wolf's Thunder later. Not sure what his status is for that game, but it sounds like he's he is actually getting closer to returning. But at any rate, no Towns, no Jake Lehman, um, and the Wolves just simply didn't have enough firepower to hang with the Rockets, especially if especially you know if Minnesota was going to come out and play flat, there was going to be no chance. Um, the the Rockets built a comfortable double digit lead in the second quarter. It got up to like sixteen or something. The Wolves got it back to ten with a little over a minute left in the second, and then a final minute push from Houston got their lead back to sixteen points at the break. Um, and, and they never looked back. The lead got all the way up to forty at one point in the second half before the the Wolves got it back down to thirty during garbage time um, to make it look like I guess less of a blowout, but but still not great. The Rockets. Rebounded the ball extremely well on the offensive glass um, when it mattered. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein started. Clint Capella missed his sixth or seventh straight game with a with a heel issue. So Isaiah Hartenstein started and had a huge game. He had 17 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks, two steals. He was 8 of 9 from the field in 27 minutes. It was a plus 39, a game-best plus 39. 
and uh, it was just fantastic. Um, Gorgie was fine when he was on the floor. His number is 14 points, six rebounds, three assists, a steal, um, five of seven from the floor. He made four three-pointers. He only played 19 minutes. I mean, Gorgie was okay, but Hartenstein was getting the ball on the glass, um, and that was the biggest thing was his rebounding. And then also just controlling the paint, grabbing loose balls. He had five offensive rebounds, five blocks, two steals, was just active. He's long, um, and and it was just too much for the Wolves, kind of, uh, you know, their limited front line. Nasrid was fine off the bench at 18 minutes, but he only had two rebounds, and that's been a consistent theme for Nas is he isn't rebounding the ball where he needs to be for an NBA big man. Um, the guy's, you know, basically seven feet tall and he's he's big, but um, partly due to the time he spends around the perimeter, but also um, just he needs to have more of a knack for the ball. Uh, he needs a defensive rebound better, um, which obviously being in the perimeter, that only affects his offensive rebounding primarily. He needs to be more active on the on the defensive glass. He only got one defensive rebound in 18 minutes, which just can't happen if you're seven feet tall. Hartenstein got 15 rebounds, five offensive, 10 defensive in 27 minutes and was extremely active and was a big issue for the Wolves in this one. Um, the Rockets also made their threes, which is a very Houston-y thing to do, I guess. The Wolves were 13 of 48 from deep, just over 27%. The Rockets were 18 of 45, so they took three less threes and made five more. That's 40% from the field. Most of the damage was done by James Harden, who was 6 of 11 from deep, Eric Gordon, who was 5 of 13, and then Davos of Alosha came off the bench was three of three from deep. Um, Daniel Huss Jr. was two of three, played a lot of minutes. P.J. Tucker went out within the first two minutes of the game with an injury. Um, it looked like it was, uh, um, he basically ran into Gorgie on a, on a screen. Um, but but the the Rockets used those three guys to propel their three-point shooting to get them up to 40% for the game. Um, so the rebounding and the three-point shooting, I guess, if we're going to boil it down to a couple of things, but obviously just overall field goal percentage, those were 38 percent from the field the Rockets were 51.6 percent from the field the Wolves also shot only 66.7 percent from the free throw line they made just two-thirds of their free throw attempts Rockets were 79 percent so easy to boil it down to just the three shooting percentage numbers but rebounding was also a huge factor in this one as the Wolves just simply didn't didn't come to play in that category the Wolves had zero players in double double figures rebounding Jarrett Culver led the team with eight rebounds Robert Covington had seven and nobody else on the Wolves had more than five rebounds. The Rockets had two guys in double figures. Hartenstein had 15. James Harden had 12. Daniel House Jr. had seven rebounds off the bench. And that was, again, one of the biggest issues for the Wolves in this game was, was their inability to grab rebounds. And, of course, that's a deadly combination. If you can't rebound and you can't shoot the ball from anywhere, inside the arc, outside the arc, from the free throw line, you're going to get beat. And when you're playing James Harden and the Rockets, you're going to get beat pretty handily and that's exactly what happened so the final score is 139 109 um the wolves offense at least started to click a little in the second half but at that point it really didn't matter that much especially when they gave up a 45 point quarter in the third to the rockets and 37 in the fourth to the rockets as well so disappointing overall outcome all right next we're going to get into studs and duds from the game first i did want to mention our new friends at echelon fit to get fit in 2020 you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment the best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level might be. 
And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. All right, we've reached the point in the show where we talk individual studs and duds from the last game. So Wolves-Rockets again on Saturday. This will be the last thing we say about that game, I promise. We don't need to rehash it too much more. We're going to talk studs and duds from that game. And really, the only studs were the young wing players for the Wolves. Jarrett Culver led the way. He led the team in minutes. Um, He actually was second on the team in scoring in this game. Had 15 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Did turn the ball over 4 times in 33 minutes. Um, but didn't commit any fouls, which is which is a little bit of a welcome change for him. He was only a minus nine on the game, which I guess silver lining was like third best mark on the team, and um, in terms of being being the minutes leader in a game that they lost by thirty, that I guess matters. Six of fourteen from the field, three of six beyond the arc, was active again in transition. Did solid defensively. Wasn't matched up with James Harden all that much, but still was good on defense. Was active on the glass. Led the team in rebounds with eight led the team or was tied for the team leading assists with five. So really, I mean, contributed in every facet, continues his strong stretch of play lately. He's had some ups and downs in terms of efficiency, but his activity level, his involvement in the offense has improved. It's gotten better. His shot selection is improving a little bit, even though sometimes he's a little bit overzealous. He again led the team or tied for the team leading field goal attempts, but he's been more efficient lately and his defense hasn't hasn't changed. He's been good defensively. I think he's even improved a little on that end of the floor, but he's been consistent. The Wolves have been able to put him on good wing players on the other team, and Culver's proven to hold his own. His length, his athleticism, his ability to stay in front of people. Um, obviously, he he could stand to gain a few pounds um, to his frame there to be able to to absorb contact and uh, you know be able to really stand his ground on defense. But to this point, that hasn't been a major issue. Again, didn't commit any fouls in this game. And um, really has been consistent um, over the past few weeks, especially defensively, and has been pretty solid from day one when it comes to his defense um, now that he's at the NBA level. But the offense is starting to catch up a little bit. It's been a lot better lately. Not ready to declare this like a true breakthrough or anything yet, but I think we're going on, I mean, over two weeks now where Culver has played really solid basketball. We broke it down about a week ago, and and we're going to need to keep our eye on, you know, this streak of double-figure games that he's on. And, um, again, just the efficiency that in which he's scoring. Um, the other stud for the Wolves in this game, for sure, would be Josh Okoge. He actually led the team in scoring with 16 points. He was 5 of 11 from the floor, played 30 minutes, which is the second most on the team to Culver. He tied with Culver for the league or excuse me for the team lead in assists with five um, and had the the best plus minus mark of anyone not named Jordan Bell who only played garbage time with a minus two in this game so 16 points five rebounds five assists four steals for Josh Akogi in this game a block only one turnover in 30 minutes five of 11 from the field two seven beyond the arc four of five from the free throw line so Akogi was aggressive he attempted seven threes and still got to the line five times in this game um 
I mean, seven threes is about as many as you'd want Josh Okogie to shoot in a game. Um, but two of seven, you know, the Wolves will take that. I think the Wolves would take the five rebounds, five assists, four steals, and only one turnover in 30 minutes. Um, a good all, all-around performance from Okogie. Again, he was aggressive. The Wolves mostly had Robert Covington guarding James Harden, especially early in the game. And Covington did a great job. We'll get to that more here in a minute. But Okogie... Wait, he wasn't on Harden at times in this game and continued you know, to play well against the Rockets. He missed the first game against the Rockets this year, but um, had his uh, his famous kind of coming out party defensively last year against James Harden on, on ESPN with the with the famous block of the step back three. But overall was just was just solid defensively in this game. And again, also contributed on offense in terms of the grand scheme of this game. Both the Kogi and Culver were extremely efficient compared to the rest of their teammates. And, um, and it was that was good to see. Our last stud, because we try and, and nominate three of these uh, for each game, we're going to give it to Robert Covington. He had 11.7 rebounds. He had six steals, two assists, and two blocks. And it was four of 10 from the floor, just one of four beyond the arc, and two of five from the free throw line. However, Covington did lead the team, in, or excuse me, was second on the team to Culver and rebounding with seven rebounds. Obviously, the team was six steals. The Wolves had 12 steals in this game, and 10 of them were by Covington and Okogi. Um, Covington did a really good job on Harden in the first quarter. James Harden had 11 turnovers by halftime. He also finished the game with just 11 turnovers as he he turned things up in the third quarter and didn't have to play late in the game. But Covington did a good job early against Harden, forcing him into some tough passes, anticipating some of his, you know, where he was going to go on offense. Harden is fairly predictable with what he's going to do. It's just hard to stop him. Um, and Covington did a good job early of at least slowing him down. Um, ultimately Harden had a really good game because he's James Harden. So he finished with 32 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists was eight of 17 from the field and six of 11 beyond the arc, but 11 turnovers by halftime and Covington really made him work. Um, and that matters. So good game overall from Covington. They're going to need more from him offensively. Um, it's been a few games since he's, he's had one of those, you know, uh, that game against the bucks. He shot the ball just four times total since then he's been really good. Um, they needed him to be a little more involved offensively in this game. He ultimately only played 27 minutes as the game got out of hand in the second half. But overall, a decent game from Covington for sure. In terms of duds, we have to start with Andrew Wiggins. He had only 11 points on 3 of 13 shooting, 1 of 7 beyond the arc, 3 rebounds, 1 assist to 2 turnovers, was a minus 25, which was the second worst mark on the team. Teague, or excuse me, Wiggins played just 25 minutes and was just not good in this game. Once again, um, he struggled to find a shot offensively, one of seven beyond the arc. That means he was two of six inside the arc. He had a, he had a floater that he hit in the lane, was one of those shots, um, and, and I think actually both of them were. But he just wasn't finishing through contact, wasn't finishing at the rim, wasn't really getting to the rim, and it was just one of those those stinkers for Wiggins. Um, the Wolves need more than 11-3, and three out of him and one assist to two turnovers if you know especially if Towns is going to not be in the game um, Wiggins has to carry more more weight than that um, so overall just just another disappointing game from Wiggins and then secondly we're going to do a combo dud for the Wolves point guard position Shabazz Napier and Jeff Teague um, Napier started played 20 minutes had just three points three assists four turnovers was one of seven from the field oh four beyond the arc Teague came off the bench played 22 minutes, had five points, four assists, and four turnovers, two rebounds, two of nine from the field, 0 of three beyond the arc. So they combined to shoot three of 16 for the game, 
0 of 7 beyond the arc, just 2 of 4 from the free throw line. They combined to have 7 assists to 8 turnovers in this game. So they were both bad, um, and the Wolves got nothing from the point guard spot. They need, um, you know, they need to get more than that out of their veteran point guards. Those were basically two of four guys on the floor for the Wolves that played consistent minutes in this game with with solid experience. I mean, the Wolves are relying on Wiggins, Gorgie Jang, and their point guards, Shabazz Napier and Jeff Teague, to provide some of that veteran leadership at this point with the injuries and, and with the reality of, of what this roster is. Um, and those guys did not come to play in this game. Basically, everybody else was just kind of there for the Wolves. Nobody else really stood out. Gorgie had 14 and 6, played just 19 minutes. Um, and uh, the bench had a few guys that, you know, Kata Bates Diab had 11 points in, in 19 minutes. Nasrid had 14 points, but he launched 14 shots in 18 minutes, was one of eight beyond the arc, had just two rebounds. So another kind of uh, empty shooting game, but still high volume scoring game for Nasrid without much work on the glass, which was disappointing. But um, he continues to get a shot with Towns not available. All right, lastly, we're going to look at Wolves Thunder on Monday and talk about what you can expect to see when the Wolves take on the Thunder at Target Center. We all remember the first time that the Wolves and Thunder played this year. That was the, of course, delay of game, untucked jersey debacle that went to overtime. The Wolves were up a couple points with under two seconds to play with the ball and ended up losing this game. Um, it actually lost by 12 in overtime because they were so shell-shocked by how they ended up in overtime. So this was only the second game, will be only the second game of the season series between the two teams. And in some ways, that win over the Wolves was a little bit of a turning point for the Thunder. Since that point, I mean, they won three in a row right after that, then lost a couple, then won four in a row, then went on a five-game winning streak. Um, and they've lost a couple of tough games lately to the Sixers and Lakers. But basically, I mean, since then... That was right near the beginning of the Wolves' 11-game losing streak. The Thunder have only lost five games since that point, um, and most of them were were understandable losses at Denver, um, you know, at the Sixers, at home against the Lakers. They they have lost to the Grizzlies and the Kings, but outside of that, I mean, they've beaten basically everybody they've played. They have some nice wins in there too. They won at Toronto. They beat the Clippers at home. They beat the Mavs at home. Um, they won at San Antonio. And then recently won at Brooklyn, which is a, a pretty good win as well. And then beat the Rockets at home just the other night by uh, by 21 and Russell Westbrook's return to OKC. So the, the Thunder have been outstanding lately. They're 22 and 17 now on the season. They've propelled themselves solidly into the sixth spot in the, excuse me, seventh spot in the Western Conference. There's four and a half games that separate OKC from the eighth spot. And they're only two games back at Dallas for the sixth seed in the West. And then there's a little bit of separation between Dallas and, and the five spot in the Clippers. But at any rate, the Thunder have been outstanding of late. They've won seven out of the last 10. And, you know, as mentioned more broadly, they've only lost five games in the, you know, five or six weeks since the Wolves and Thunder linked up in Oklahoma City back at the beginning of December. So strong stretch of play for them. They continue to be a really middle of the pack team on both ends of the floor and, you know, play slowly, basically just run, run their offense through Chris Paul and, um, you know, have balanced scoring across the board. I mean, they're led in scoring by Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's not the most efficient player. Um, Dennis Schroeder's tied uh, with Danilo Gallinari for the second highest scorer on the team. He's um, Schroeder's ultimately not the most or usually not the most efficient player himself, but has been a lot better this year, has improved his efficiency a little bit. And Gallinari continues to be dangerous. Um, he's a 40% three-point shooter. 
Chris Paul, in terms of per game numbers, you know, is doing what you might expect from a 34 year old as he continues his overall decline in production, but is managing this team really well. He's averaging basically 17.6 and a half assists per game, um, shooting 37% from beyond the arc and has been really good. Um, the Thunder aren't an outstanding three point shooting team. Basically, Gallinari shoots 40%. Dennis Schroeder's 35% and Chris Paul's 37%. Nobody else shoots more than three and a half threes a game, and nobody else really shoots above that league average mark that, you know, that at least attempts a decent number per game. So it's really just Gallinari, Schroeder, and Paul that the Wolves need to worry about beyond the arc um, in terms of volume and um, efficiency. Um, from from beyond the arc. The Thunder continue to be a really top-heavy team. Their starting lineup is is really good. It's one of the league's best starting lineups, and it's it's quite formidable. Um, with Gilgis Alexander, um, Terrence, Fer- Terrence Ferguson has been a solid contributor for them. He's the, the one guy who doesn't really score in the offensive, or excuse me, in the starting lineup. Chris Paul, Gallinari, um, Shooter comes off the bench, and then obviously Steven Adams is continues to be good. Um, he's slowing down a little bit, um, at this point in his career, but is still a force defensively on the glass and, and is a def, you know, a solid offensive player um, as far as big men go. And then beyond those kind of top six guys, there really isn't anybody else that's a, cons- a consistent contributor. Um, Abdel Nadar, Nader off the bench, Darius Baisley. Those are the guys who are seeing most of those minutes. Um, Hamadou Diallo was, was hurt the last time these teams played and, and didn't appear. Um, so this team is, is really top heavy and there's a chance Nolan's Noel hasn't actually played. He didn't play on Saturday. Um, if he remains out with an ankle injury, that really hurts the thunder. He's a big contributor for them off the bench and, um, outside of their starting lineup and Schroeder, um, he's basically the guy who's gotten the most consistent minutes off the bench for them. 18 minutes a game, averaging almost eight points and five rebounds a game. So, um, Top heavy Thunder team. The Wolves, of course, if Towns does not play, are thin themselves. There seems to be a real shot that Towns plays, given that he was allegedly close on Thursday and on Saturday. He's still listed as questionable um, as of this recording, and we'll see if he's able to suit up on Monday. That would obviously make a huge difference. Um, the last two, the last time these two teams played, Towns and Wiggins were both questionable entering the game with various issues, and they both ended up playing. Um, and, and the Wolves, you know, or excuse me, Wiggins actually didn't play the last time these teams played, but Towns did. And the Wolves, it was a game they should have won. They were, it was an impressive game. The Wolves were trailing for a lot of the second half, came back, made a late fourth quarter push, and then took a, a pretty commanding lead in the final minutes. But the uh, the fall apart moment there at the end with the Jordan Bell and Tuck jersey, the accidental made free throw by Towns, and then the full court pass to Schroeder for the layup that that um, Teague allowed over his head, and then just a terrible overtime period. Um, but but if the Wolves play like they did for a lot of that game in this matchup, um, especially if, if Towns is available, they'll have a real shot to win this one. It's it's kind of a toss up at Target Center. Um, it's, it's a team that the Wolves actually match up with pretty well. Um, they should be able to outshoot this team from three, from the three point arc, and they should be able to hold the thunder offense in check for the most part, as long as they can figure out a way to slow down. Really Gallinari is the guy I would be most concerned about. And then also Schroeder just from a, um, and I guess Gilgis Alexander from a mid range shooting, getting to the rim standpoint, which is that again, that high volume perimeter play that the Wolves have struggled with at times this season. So keep an eye on those guys in this game, as well as on Gallinari and what he's able to do, especially from deep against the Wolves. All right, we'll be back on Tuesday with a recap of this game. We'll look at studs and duds. We'll peek ahead to the rest of the week. We'll also keep an eye on any rumors that might crop up here in the next 24 hours or so, and then discuss those as they come out.
All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.